by Celsius. The big question today in Tennessee came after practice when I asked Todd Bowles, when will Tom Brady return? His answer, we'll get to that in a minute. I'm Scott Reynolds reporting live from Nashville, Tennessee, as the Bucks wrapped up two joint practices with the Tennessee Titans before playing the Titans on Saturday at Nissan Stadium. Josh Capo from Pewter Report is here with me. He was at practice also today along with uh, our ace photographer, Cliff Welch. And we're back with another edition of this Peter Report podcast here live from Tennessee. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing well, Scott. How about you? I'm doing better than the Bucks DBs today. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It was rough, wasn't it? It, it was rough. When you look at, at the fact that for the second straight day, Tampa Bay's defensive backs got torched by kind of a nondescript Titans offensive weaponry offensive you know receiving core tight ends etc that that was surprising i i think you you aptly put it on the bucks insider article which you can find on pewterreport.com from today uh the bucks dbs dug their own grave yeah it 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 was not a good day i I believe you were watching the uh defense and especially in the one-on-ones and you told me that you know they didn't, they didn't exactly show out when it came to those one-on-one reps against the wide receivers, even though those reps are designed for wide receivers to do well. Yes. We'll get to the Tom Brady news in just a minute, but let's let's talk about, uh, well, let, let's show a couple of Cliff's awesome pictures that kind of represent what the practice went like today for for the, the Buccaneers. It's It was not pretty. The one-on-ones, this is what was happening during the one-on-ones. They were practicing a lot in the red zone today, which is something they didn't do yesterday. There were no full pads. There was a little fight at the end of practice that we'll get to as well. But right from the get-go, the one-on-ones, the DBs were running into each other on rub routes. (laughs) Uh, They were getting uh, out contested for catches. That's Traylon Burks, the first-round draft pick of the Titans beating Zion McCollum. I did not see any clear wins for the Buccaneers defensive backs and one-on-ones. Now, granted, the one-on-ones are designed to give the receivers an advantage because there's no help, right? right. The DVs rely on knowing where the safeties are and, and the linebackers, where their help is. But you had uh, Todd Bowles down there, not too happy. He's coaching up Zion McCollum there. But uh, everybody, even the veterans like Pro Bowler Antoine Winfield Jr., struggled against the Titans wide receivers and, and tight ends. It just was not a great day at all for the, the Bucks defensive backs for the second straight day. And I don't want to make excuses because I I believe that you know when you're out there on the field, uh, you, you got to play. But Josh, it looked to me like the fourth straight day of practice. This team did practice Monday in Tampa, Tuesday, hopped on a plane Tuesday afternoon, right after practice. Got to Tennessee, practiced yesterday and Thursday in some pretty warm conditions here. Not that they're not used to it because Tampa's hot and humid. The heat was here, not the humidity. But it just seemed like the Buccaneers were just gassed. They just didn't have enough in the tank to keep up with these Titans receivers and tight ends. Yeah, you know, Todd Bowles has said 
two days in a row the, that they just seemed tired. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe they just needed a little bit of energy. I think they did. I, uh, I was energized today by the Celsius Arctic vibe. Folks, uh, it works in Florida. It works in Tennessee. It works in all 50 states. We've, we've got that scientifically confirmed. If you're looking for a pick-me-up, if you're looking for some energy to get you going in the morning or maybe in the afternoon as, as the dog days of, of work are dragging on, you're not going to find a better energy drink than Celsius, the official energy drink of Peter Report. I was mentioning the Arctic vibe. There's some other vibes you might want to try. The tropical vibe, the peach vibe, which, Josh, that's your favorite flavor. Absolutely. And Celsius gives you seven essential vitamins and all the energy that you need without the sugar and without the preservatives. And that means there's no sugar crash. So you're getting all the great taste from a host of Celsius flavors. We've got the orange, which is my favorite, the wild berry, the, the kiwi guava, the watermelon, which is Ashley's favorite, the wild berry, all the vibes we mentioned, and a couple of other flavors too. I had the cucumber lime yesterday afternoon. It's a great change of pace if you're not a fan of the fruit flavors. And also the cola, very underrated flavor. You can buy them in bulk on Amazon using the subscribe and save. You can save some money and they'll ship them right to your door. If you want to go find some Celsius near you to maybe try a couple of cans and, and see which ones are your favorites, go to Celsius.com. Click on their store locator, punch in your address, and you'll find all of the health and, and nutrition uh, stores, the grocery stores, the convenience stores around you that sell Celsius. And go grab some cans. And once you find the ones you want, again, buy them in, in bulk on Amazon, save a lot of money, and get all the energy that you need. Uh, to uh, to keep you going. And uh, again, I, I think you're right, Josh. This Buccaneer team, they could have brought some Celsius to, yeah. to Tennessee. Yeah, I, I appreciate Todd Bowles' transparency in terms of what he really thought of the team in terms of their energy level. But that wasn't all that he talked about today. Yeah. Um, some pretty big news from Todd. Yeah, uh, it, it really was regarding Tom Brady. And let's, let's get to that for a, a quick second here. I asked uh, Todd, you know, okay, so you, you talked about Tom Brady returning after the Tennessee uh, trip, and, and it, that's winding down now. All the practices are in the books. The Bucs will play the Titans on Saturday at Nissan Stadium. When is Tom Brady going to return? And his answer was, we'll see. There's no definitive date. Now, keep in mind, Todd said that this was pre-planned, Josh, mm -hmm. that they had talked about him taking some days off during training camp, prior to training camp starting. So this is not something new. At least that's the story that we've been, been told. But it was a little alarming, the fact that Todd does not know definitively when Todd, when Tom Brady is going to return to Bucks training camp. Yeah, it, it, it certainly, it leaves a lot of questions. You know, if this was pre-planned, why wasn't there a pre-planned return date? Um, is it that he's dealing with something where he's, you know, does not know when he can return? Uh, at least to a certain degree. And uh, and Todd Bowles and the Bucks, to their credit, they seem to be working with Tom on this to give him the support that, that he apparently needs on it. Yeah, and listen, I, I don't like to speculate. Uh, I really don't. But this is a situation that has, that has opened itself up for speculation because we've been given very little information. Now, I'll say this. I, I've got respect for anybody whether you're an icon like Tom Brady or, 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 you know, somebody who's not nearly as famous, everybody deserves a level of privacy. Even if you're a public figure, I think that you're entitled 
to some privacy. You don't have to share every detail about your life if you don't want to. Sure. And, and so I know that there's been some reports out there that this is not a medical related situation with regards to his family. And that that might be true. Again, the team is not going to confirm or deny any of this out of respect for Tom. And I understand that and I respect it. But I will say this. This is not a Tampa media issue, Josh. This this is this is a, a national media issue because the National Enquirer, the TMZs out there, those are the types of, of national uh, speculatory and, and rumor-filled uh, publications and, and websites and, and businesses that thrive on this. And so, hypothetically speaking, let's say, and listen, I've lost my parents, I've lost my stepfather to cancer, and I've lost my mother to a sudden uh, heart attack. And and with cancer, you do have some time to, to prepare. I always tell people, my mom died like a tornado, sudden, quick strike, out of the blue, no chance to prepare for anything. With cancer, you do get some warning. You do get you know, a timetable of, of, of how bad it is and, and, and all of that. If it is a situation where one of his elderly parents, and keep in mind, his mother did uh, recover from cancer. She's a cancer survivor. His elderly father was dealing with COVID a couple of years ago, serious bout of COVID. If there was an issue uh, with any family member of Tom's that was medical related, and you put it out there that it was he was dealing with a medical situation, wouldn't that just prompt the TMZs, the National Enquirers, all these types of, of uh, paparazzi to want to call every hospital in California, stake them out, stalk them to get that that picture, right? That money shot of Tom Brady walking in to see his family member at the hospital, right? And I think Tom maybe wanted to avoid all of that if that was the case by by just simply saying it's, it's uh, why should I give you any clues what I'm dealing with, uh, whether it is something with Giselle or the family or, or whatever. Um, I, I'm all in favor of Tom being as private as as he wants to be in this situation. However, Josh, I agree with you. I would like to know at least when you're going to come sure. back <laughs> to Bucks camp because that is kind of important because there is football season right around the corner. Yeah, yeah, just a few weeks away. So um, it'll be interesting. It's something obviously we're going to keep uh, keep a pulse on and hope to get more information uh, very soon. So it'll be interesting to hear what Todd Bowles has to say come next week. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in the meantime, we're, we're seeing all these awesome Celsius flavors that you all are. Strawberry lemonade is, is, it goes hard. Yeah, for sure. It, it's definitely a good one. Um, so it's it's a national issue because people are bored and the Sean Watson story is over. So they have to fill the newspapers and websites with something. Um, it, 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 is, it is national news because Tom Brady is an icon. The Buccaneers are a legit Super Bowl contender. And, and th this is a very un-Brady-like uh situation tom is a very methodical planned out structured guy and i'll say this in 2022 josh this has been the most unbrady like off season we've seen it was a very hurried uh, muddied retirement situation that popped up right i mean you had the national guys Schefter and and the, who was the other guy that that broke it? rapaport uh, rapaport they broke the the retirement story before Tom Brady did. And then that was a clumsy attempt at kind of retiring. Mm -hmm. Then 41 days out of the blue, right before free agency starts, he unretires. 
So Tom has made two kind of unpredictable moves already. And I was asked today in doing kind of a, a radio hit for a Tennessee station here covering the, the Titans uh, Bucks joint practices. What if Tom Brady retires? And you know what? Before today, Josh, I probably would have ruled that out. But to hear Todd Bowles' uh, lack of definitive answer himself about the definitive date when Tom would return, I'm not ruling that out. Yeah, I, I can understand that. You hope that it's something innocuous. You hope that he'll be back soon. But with, like you said, without the answer, speculation will run rampant. Yeah. Uh, I've seen people say, you know, it's a non-story. People are bored. I would say it's very out of the ordinary, not just for Tom Brady, but just for the NFL. Yeah. In how many years have you done this? 20. This is my 27th year. 27th year. Have you ever heard of a quarterback stepping away from their team this close to the regular season? No, and, and not not without a definitive reason. Right. right? And, and again, I respect the fact that Tom hasn't disclosed that. And and I, I'm I, whenever he wants to give it, I'll listen. But I'm, I'm in no rush if he needs some some time that's that's great and i respect that but uh but again the flip side of it is is he's the starting quarterback and every single day this team inches closer to the regular season and and i think that that if todd bowles could have given a more definitive answer uh then than what he did today which is we'll see there's no definitive date when he's going to return we'll talk to him and and see i i i think that maybe the speculation, as you mentioned, could have been quelled a little bit. Sure. Absolutely. So, so we'll see uh, what we will tell you though, is the quarterbacks that, that were uh, here in Tennessee today. And, and, um, and, you know, Blaine Gabbert, there's your uh, obligatory Blaine Gabbert photo. Um, <laughs> How does he look today, Scott? Well, he looked great until practice started. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he's a handsome man. He's the best looking quarterback in Tampa. I mean, look at that mullet. That's fantastic. Yep. Um, but Blaine today forced a couple passes, and and as good as he and Kyle Trask looked yesterday, neither quarterback really stood out today. I, I think that that uh, we we kind of alluded to the fact that that the Buccaneers might bounce back today, like the Miami Dolphins did after kind of getting trounced last Wednesday in the joint practices. The Dolphins had a bounce back day on Thursday, and and I think kind of stole the practice day mm -hmm. in Tampa. We kind of maybe expected that from the Buccaneers today. Instead, what we got was a team that just looked even a little bit more tired than yesterday. I think the only redeeming quality that we saw from this from this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, the unit that did kind of bounce back, was the offensive line. Yeah, yeah, they they actually look really good, especially the starting tackles, uh, Tristan Wirfs and. and uh, Donovan Smith, yeah. they were dominant. They absolutely yes. were. Worfs until, unfortunately, it seems like he uh, he, he got hurt um, and had to leave practice early. Um, I, Scott, I know you viewed him kind of walking off the field with the Wincing training. a little bit, yeah. yeah. We've heard some speculation it might be a, a rib injury. Um, I, it didn't look too serious. He did not finish the practice. He went inside. But uh, we're, we're awaiting further announcement of what's happening. Uh, I thought Nick Leverett also really had a good bounce back day. He did yep. not look good on on Wednesday. Smith and Wirfs have looked good both of these days. As you mentioned, the tackles are solid on this team. But but for Wirfs, that was – or I should say for, for Leverett, he really showed some feistiness today and bounced back in, in a very positive way. Yeah, his, his demeanor really helps him – 
kind of gear up for things like that. Um, I will say that Wirfs and Smith weren't the only tackles who looked really good. Um, somebody who's really been impressing myself, and I know you as well, is uh, is Dylan Cross, right? Uh, Dylan Cook. Cook. I'm yeah. sorry, Dylan Cook. Yeah. Um, and he had some really fantastic reps uh, playing left tackle uh, in the one-on-ones. He he had he put some guys down. He really did. He's one of those guys that we're going to keep an eye on in Saturday's game. He played left tackle. He's like the third string left tackle behind Donovan Smith and Josh Wells. Mm -hmm. Josh Wells had had an okay day today, I thought. Uh, but Dylan Cook is an up-and-comer guy. He might be that practice squad tackle that they keep and develop because he he showed that, that this is not too big for him. No. Right? I mean, he, he looked like he has got the tools to play in this game, just needs the reps and experience. So we'll see how Dylan Cook uh, fares. But I think he's had a, a good, nice one-two punch here in Tennessee today. Kind of an unheralded guy. But really the big news along the offensive line wasn't just the bounce back of Nick Leverett, who was getting a little chippy with some of the Titans' defensive players. It was Lou Gedeke. Yeah. He, he had the opportunity today to, to finally get those reps with the first-team offensive line. And, and when I asked Todd Bowles about that after practice today, it certainly made uh, some sense. Um, I, I think we've got some, some uh, video here that we'll play uh, regarding uh, Gedeke. This is Luke Gedeke's first day with starter reps and one-on-ones and also 11-on-11s. What's prompted him to get the look now as opposed to earlier? Is it something he's doing right or maybe some of the other guys not doing as well? Do you want to elevate him and get him Well, now's the time to give him a look. You can't put him in earlier because he hasn't learned everything. You know, he learned enough now to go into the play. And like I said, we're giving all these guys shots at guard and his time has come. Yeah, so, so Gedeke is, is getting the the opportunity now because he's got a couple weeks into this offense mm -hmm. and I thought he held his own today. Yeah, I would agree with that. He had some really good reps. He didn't win every single one, um, but he showed good form, good anchor. And I think that he is definitely progressing as he makes some big transitions that you noted um, yesterday on the podcast. He's moving from the right side to the left side. He's moving from tackle to guard. He's moving up in competition and he's trying to change his body. Um, because of that change right. in position. And I think too, that there's an opening there because the Buccaneers have had Nick Leverett in there. They've had Aaron Stinney. They've had Brandon Walton getting reps with the starters at left guard. I think they've settled in on Robert Hainsey as that center. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just, I, I think that they're going to go with him. And if he does falter, they, they maybe they, they switch to Leverett, but now it's Gedeke's turn. And will he start, on Saturday, let's listen to what Todd Bowles has to say. Not at this moment. I have an idea, but I'll check with Goody and Joe. Is Tom Brady watching the practice film and shoot a little feedback to coaches? So what Todd Bowles was asked there is, is does he know who's going to start at left guard? He says, I have an idea. I'm going to talk to Goody, meeting Harold Goodwin and Joe Gilbert to find out. And I wouldn't be surprised if they don't start Gedeke, I, I think it's I think it's his turn to get the start in the game to see him under the lights. Yeah, I would agree. And just in terms of how they were lining up, um, Gedeke exclusively as the first team left guard, uh, Aaron Stinney exclusively as the second team left guard, Nick Leverett exclusively as the second team center. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that they're starting to define those roles. 
Uh, I would speculate, and this is just me speculating, yeah. that going forward, you're going to see a lot less of that cross-training as they get further into the training camp and as they get closer to that third preseason game. Yep, I agree. And uh, we also have, if, just in case you're joining the podcast here a little bit late, uh, Tom, Tom Brady, I asked him today, I asked uh, Todd Bowles, when will Tom Brady return? This is exactly what, uh, what Todd Bowles had to say. Expecting Tom back. When is, when is the day where he's supposed to return? We'll see. We'll talk about it next week. Um, not concerned about it right now. We're trying to practice against Tennessee and play a game. I said sometime after Tennessee, that was the definitive date for me, but check on it. Keep in touch and we'll find out. No definitive date. We'll keep in touch and we'll find out. So He did say he's not concerned. That's so, true. So that is something else that he provided as part of his answer. Yep. Yeah. There's two more preseason games. Uh, I, I do think. Tom is going to return. It's just curious that it hasn't happened quite yet. Um, one of the interesting things, and, and we'll, we'll kind of touch on a couple of things. And if you have some questions or comments, we're happy to also answer those about what's transpired in today's practice, as well as the last two days between the Bucks and the Titans. But uh, the chippiness finally <laughs> boiled over on the very last play of of, of this joint practice session with the Titans. Leonard Fournette was smiling after practice. Why? Because he got a good shot in on Jeffrey Simmons, the Pro Bowl defensive tackle for the Titans. And when I say shot, I think Leonard walked over, hauled off, and, and punched him right in the face. Now, Jeffrey Simmons didn't sustain any damage because he had his helmet on. <laughs> and luckily for Leonard Fournette, he didn't sustain any damage either. So I don't know why players feel the need sometimes in a fight situation to haul off with a closed fist and punch the face mask of a helmeted player. We've seen it before. It's not something that's a new revelation. It's going to happen again. But it's like even like in hockey, there's there's some methodology there, right? It's I'm going to drop the gloves. Right. You're going to drop the gloves. And then I'm going to try to take your sweater, which is the jersey they call the sweater in hockey. I'm going to try to take that off and then beat you in the face, <laughs> right? When you can't defend yourself because your arms are all kind of tied up in the sweater. You'd almost like to see players take the helmets off, both of them, and then go at it. But that doesn't quite happen. And this fight got broken up so quickly. And really the man who was breaking it up was Mike Frabel. The Titans coach, he got in and got Jeffrey Simmons away from Leonard Fournette. I think Leonard Fournette, in this instance, had seen enough of Jeffrey Simmons, who was instigating stuff every single day with the offensive line, whether it was one-on-ones, seven-on-sevens, or I should say nine-on-sevens, or 11-on-elevens. Jeffrey Simmons was going at it, usually with Nick Leverett, sometimes with Aaron Stinney. And I think Leonard Fournette was, was trying to show some leadership here and say enough is enough. Uh, and he hauled off and and uh, and had a parting shot, if you will, at Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, I think a couple things with Lenny. I, I, normally you see your offensive line take up for your playmakers. Yeah. It was nice to see, like you said, le leadership Lenny <laughs> yeah. taking yes. taking a, uh, a role or, or maybe, and I didn't see the punch, so you'll yeah. have to clarify, could he be left hook Lenny? He, well, it, it was certainly fisticuffs, Lenny. That's for sure. Yeah, but uh, but Len, Lenny was Lenny was hot. He was going after uh, Jeffrey Simmons today, so that was that was definitely interesting to see. Uh, uh, getting some some uh, some comments here about the DBs. Uh, 
I, I don't want to say I'm worried because, again, I'm going to kind of chalk this up to some dead legs. But it wasn't just the fact that, that the Buccaneers' uh, backups were getting beaten. I mean, Logan Ryan got lit up today. Antoine Winfield, Mike Edwards, pretty much everybody but Carlton Davis. And then Carlton Davis, out of every defensive back here, probably had the best week here in Tennessee. And he's totally, uh, it, you know, he's, he's made his money. And he's earning his money. Right. He's earning his paycheck. But I, I just think that that Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean, D. Delaney, Zion McCollum, who got hurt today, he had a hamstring injury, yep. which will probably keep him out of Saturday's game. That, that's that's a little bit of a blow because the Buccaneers really want to see continued development from Zion McCollum. And you talked about, you wrote about Zion McCollum uh, in in a grinding the tape the, this week, where you documented his play along with, with Logan Hall. Yeah. And I actually got to talk with Zion a little bit uh, after practice and I brought up, you know, in the grinding the tape, we, we talked about his one bad play, which was the double move to Lynn Bowden. It was cool to kind of get to talk to Zion about that because it, he said it was something that they've seen on tape, a play that Miami runs and one that he was sitting on. He was sitting on Zion or on Bowden to yeah. stop with the curl route. And he said, Miami took advantage of that. They, 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 that double move was something that they did not expect from a scheme standpoint. And he got, he got hit with it. He said, he'll learn from it. He's excited to apply it going forward. But he also talked about how he was really happy with his play in terms of his hand usage, learning from Carlton Davis in terms of how to jam and press well. Yeah. We know Carlton's very good at that. Right. Um, and that he was excited that he got to use his length and play fast and play aggressive. Yeah. And, and that definitely showed up on the, on the tape. Yeah, and the thing too is is, is uh, Joe Griss three four one makes a, an interesting point here. Dean and SMB playing scared, they know this might be their last year in Tampa Bay. It's interesting because both of those players are in a contract year, and contract years affect players differently. I've been doing this for almost three decades, and I've seen some players just completely forget about it, go out and play. I've seen other players use it as motivation to go out and elevate their game. And then I have seen some players that do get a little scared and, and they try not to mess up and therefore they don't make plays, which in turn causes them to mess up. I, I don't know the the story is yet to be written on the 2022 season for both Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean. But what I do know is this. I, I do know that, that Sean Murphy Bunting, from what we've seen in practice so far in training camp, is risk averse right now. He is allowing catches and then making tackles. And... The problem with that is he's playing too safe. Jamel Dean uh, is is being a little bit more of a playmaker on the ball, but he's also uh, allowing some plays to happen as well. Neither one of those guys has really stepped up. Zion McCollum, I think, is a player who will end up starting opposite Carlton Davis, and that's why today's hamstring injury was unfortunate yeah. because he certainly could have used more reps in these next two preseason games. Hamstrings, as we're finding out, with the likes of Russell Gage and Rashad Perriman and Mike Evans, they linger a couple weeks, yep. right? And and I think that that uh, we saw Chris Godwin return to practice today from from getting the day off yesterday, and Russell Gage and Rashad Perriman out there running sprints again. They're getting closer to returning. I think the same for Mike Evans. They're not going to probably play in the preseason, but unfortunate this happened to Zion because this might stunt his growth a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it's going to definitely set back his progress. And I think um, 
you won't see him. I know you predicted he'll be starting opposite Carlton Davis. I don't think that's going to happen for at least the first half of the season. As yeah. he continues to learn the defense and learns opposing offenses, how to game plan week to week. Um, I will say from my standpoint, I think at this point, I'm calling for Jamel Dean should be the starter at this point, opposite of Carlton Davis. I agree. SMB continues to get the first team reps and he, he's, he's struggled. I mean, yeah. All the DBs struggled in the one-on-ones, but when you got to the team activities, SMB was getting picked on. Yeah, and it was just a, a fact. And, and he was he was having trouble in coverage, and like you said, he was allowing catches and then making tackles. Yeah. And and at this point, you know, Jamel Dean when they when he was out on the field, you know, they weren't looking his way as much. Right. And, and so I really think that at this point, it's time for the Bucks to make that decision that Jamel Dean has just outplayed SMB. I agree. And listen, we talked about how the Bucks defensive backs, maybe the entire team, could have used some Celsius this morning. That's for sure. Going back and watching the tape, I know what Ty Bowles could use right now. <laughs> he could use some Pirate Republic <laughs> beer. It's the official beer pewter report. Brewed out of Nassau, Bahamas. That's that's right down in Pirate Alley, man. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't get more pirate than, than the Bahamas. And uh, Pirate Republic is invading the state of Florida now, and they've started in Tampa. And we're proud to partner with them. They've got three amazing beers that you just have to try, folks. The Long John Pilsner, the Take No Quarter IPA, which we talked about yesterday, and the Golden Haze of Piracy Belgian Wheat Beer. Boy, you drop a slice of orange in that, and it's a fantastic brew. We're going to spend some time talking about the Long John Pilsner today. This is the beer that you want to drink. Even though it's a 4.5% ABV, this is a crushable beer. You take it to the beach. You drink it poolside. It's great. It's refreshing on a hot Florida summer day. It's also great for tailgating. This is the tailgating beer that you have to have because it's it's the lightest, crispest, most refreshing beer that Pirate Republic offers. And uh, it's got a lot of great flavor to it. Um, it's it's one of my, my go-tos when it comes to Pirate Republic, I'm coming around to the Take No Quarter IPA, but the Long John Pilsner, if I want a couple of beers, this is the one I'm going for. And the thing about Pirate Republic that makes them uh, special is that they brew their beer with an attitude. Live life on your own terms, right? That's that's the pirate way. That's the pirate lifestyle. You all are pewter pirates out there. You're, you're watching your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So why don't you live like a like a live life on your terms? Live life like a pirate. Drink Pirate Republic beer, and uh, tell them Pewter Report sent you when you go but pick it up. And you can pick it up and get a, a six pack or a four pack of the IPA at participating Total Wine and More, ABC Liquors, Lucan's Liquors, and Party Liquors in the Tampa Bay area. What's next, Josh? Where are we going with this uh, with this uh, practice report? Because <laughs> it, it 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 wasn't pretty. It, this was this was not a pretty practice by any means. Uh, I thought uh, let's talk about the quarterbacks for a second. We talked about how Blaine Gabbert uh, he had a couple of interceptions. Uh, actually, had, did he have one or two interceptions? I don't had, think Gabbert had an interception. He I did. think he, he had one. That's, he he forced the the ball into the end zone. Yeah, he had one, and Kyle Trask had yeah. one. Uh, the big thing with Gabbard is he was forcing the ball on yeah. a couple of consecutive reps. He threw into triple coverage and then he threw into double coverage. Um, and so it just, it was uncharacteristic for uh, the day before mm-hmm. when he had a very sharp practice. And from what you've said, you know, just his overall training camp, um, which has been 
very good overall. Yeah. Just an uncharacteristically bad day for him. Trask did throw an interception, but I do want to kind of give a caveat on that. It was on a Hail Mary drill mm -hmm. um, where he threw it up for Vincent Smith. It was it was batted up in the air and a Titans player did come down with it. So yeah. not so much a poor decision there, but just in general, both quarterbacks had trouble getting anything going. Um, and, and same can be said for the run game. You yeah. know, neither of those things were really working against the, the Titans defense today. Yeah, and we'll see how this Buccaneer team fares on Saturday night. Uh, th this was a physical Titans defensive line in front seven. I think the Buccaneers tried to run the ball a little bit in practice both days. It, yeah. it didn't end up with good results. I know that Todd Bowles wants to get this, this offensive line in the running game going a little bit. And whether we see Leonard Fournette or whether Leonard sets out and they feature again, Rashad White uh, remains to, to be seen. I, I think White's going to get another healthy dose of carries. Yep. He and Keyshawn Vaughn probably will be uh, uh, getting the majority of the carries. You'll see uh, Patrick Laird in, in the cleanup duties probably in the fourth quarter. But uh, th this will be a test on Saturday night. The Titans are a much better team than the Dolphins. And I know the scores really don't matter. The Buccaneers, even on those contrast turnovers, handed the Dolphins uh, a pair of scoring opportunities. One was, was a scoop and score last Saturday night. But I got the impression that the, that the Titans are a much better team than the Dolphins. So this, this would be a little bit of a measuring stick, I think, for the Bucs backups. And we'll see if these receivers, who have had a pretty decent week mm -hmm. uh, here uh, in practice uh, today, not as good as yesterday, but we'll see if they can have as good of, of a game as as they had last week in Miami. And you, you detailed that in, in an article today on PeterReport.com. Yeah, uh, I took a look at the Miami tape and, and specifically looking at receivers who weren't necessarily targeted um, uh, last week. And, and were they open? You know, a lot of times you'll have a play that's designed and the first read is open. So that's where the quarterback goes to. And so we forget about the other receivers on the field. And that doesn't mean that they didn't do anything on that play. And in fact, it, most of the time against Miami, it was in fact the opposite. Multiple players were getting open on multiple routes. Yeah. And really, you could see that that entire receiving core had themselves a day. They really did. Um, and, and the one that I thought was really interesting because um, in, in his lone target, Scotty Miller got open on a nine route. And unfortunately, he was just a little underthrown. Allowed the defensive back to get back into the play and break up the pass. But the other one where he kind of stood out, I, th I think a lot of people kind of noticed it, was on the Jalen Darden touchdown from Blaine Gabbert. Right. Scotty Miller was even more wide open. There was, was nobody for, <laughs> you know, there was nobody for three states near him. Yeah. And, uh, and that continued with every route that he ran. I, I want to say it was over an 80% from what I charted. Yeah. Over 80% of the routes he ran, he was open. Yeah, and, exactly. And that was the case for most of the Bucks receivers, which bodes well for that depth. Yeah. Um, the other player that I think did really kind of shine on, on offense where there wasn't a lot of players who mm -hmm. shined was Rashad White. Um, not yeah. so much in the running game, but he again showed up in, in terms of dump off passes, screens mm -hmm. and things like that. He did a great job of getting upfield, creating extra yards after catch. So I right. thought that was really uh, a good uh, highlight. And then another one I'm going to highlight for the second day in a row, mm -hmm. Devin White. Yes. Devin White had a day. You're coming around to Devin. I love it. Devin, get live 45. Yeah. He was he was feeling it today, yeah. um, and you could tell because he was jawing with the Titans. Um, he was drawn with their receivers, their running backs, their tight ends. Yeah. I think there was one rep. We all got a good laugh because mm -hmm. he literally told the guy, I'm just going to run the route for you. Yeah, and, and he, he did. did. <laughs> he, did. <laughs> he really yes. did. Yeah, and, and also, too, he 
he created a sack opportunity up front when Tannehill was was sacked, and I forgot the player that got him. Tannehill, the, the defensive line, I, I thought, had had their moments. Deidre Sonat had a sack today. It was good to see him kind of show up a little bit. Uh, but but there, there was a play where Devin White was was blanketing the back out of the backfield, and this was kind of a design delay, fullback or running back release to the flat, and that's where Tannehill wanted to go in the red zone. And, you know, he looked to his right and then wanted to come back left and hit the back out of the backfield. And Devin White blanketed him to the point where Tannehill had to hold on to the ball, and then that allowed the, the pass rush to get there. So th- that's been a remarkable improvement and a very consistent thing. That's the biggest thing with Todd Bowles is you can flash one day. We talked a bit about Andre Anthony yesterday, right? We didn't even notice Andre Anthony today. Uh, it, it, Todd Bowles is all about consistency. Don't flash. And if you're going to flash, flash consistently. And that's one thing that's really been encouraging about Devin White is we know he's fast, but he's he's reading his keys in the passing game. Mm-hmm. He's picking up the guy that he has to cover. Yep. He's got more awareness in terms of his, his zone drops. And in man coverage, he's taking the right angle to the back end, the flat, or the, the angle route, the, the Texas route out of the backfield. Whatever he's doing in pass coverage, he's doing it well on a consistent basis. He's not getting beaten like he has on game days last yeah, year and the ab- year before. Absolutely. This is going to be a big year for Devin because he he was just given the, the franchise tag. and I'm sorry, not the franchise tag, but his fifth-year option, option yeah. was picked up. I apologize. Yeah. And um, he's looking to get paid. He's looking to get a big long-term contract, and that could come as early as this upcoming offseason. And it's largely going to depend on whether he can make another jump this year. Early early returns would say that he's going to. Yeah. Um, You know, I I had a chance to speak to uh, Bruce Arians before practice today. Uh, Bruce was sitting down in, in, in a cart, as he usually does before practice, resting the the Achilles and, you know, he's, he's getting up there and doesn't like to, you know, to, to walk around too much. Uh, and, and he say, he saves the walking around for when practice starts. So I had a chance to ask him about the, the quarterback play. He believes this is Blaine Gabbert's best camp by far. And this is year five in Bruce's system. Now it's really Byron Leftwich's system. Let's just call it what it is. Bruce is, Bruce is the senior assistant to the general manager. That's Bruce, uh, Bruce's new title. But uh, he's very high on Blaine Gabbert, but he's also very high on Kyle Trask. And he, he loved how Trask rebounded from some of those early mistakes in the Dolphins game and finished the game strong. And, and he, he noticed that in yesterday's practice, which is what you and I talked about. Trask had a couple of, of throws he wishes he had back. And then after that, he caught fire mm-hmm. and just had a, a fantastic practice. The, the interception that Trask through today, uh, if we're going to be fair, which we want to be, was in the Hail Mary situation. So it, it's a low percentage play. It's no a very low what. percentage play. It's either you need a touchdown or you're going to win. If it's another interception, it, it doesn't matter. So, uh, but, but what we didn't see from either Gabbert or Trask was the, the great throws. We didn't see those wow throws that yeah. we saw on Wednesday. If I had to guess, my guess would be that that Kyle Trask is going to see just as much playing time as he did last week on on this coming Saturday, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got the start. I wouldn't be surprised if Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich want to see what Kyle Trask does with an even better supporting cast out of the gate. And it doesn't mean that Blaine Gabbert won't won't play, 
but I wouldn't be surprised if they go to Trask and let him play most of the game and maybe reserve Gabbard if he's going to play for the second half. What do you think? Uh, I, I completely agree with you. And and I honestly want to see that. I want to see what he can yeah. do against that higher level of competition with a higher caliber of um, supporting cast. And uh, it could give us, it could give the Bucks, yeah. you know, a better understanding of where he is in his development. Right as we start to look towards the future beyond this season. Yeah. And he deserves to have some snaps from Robert Hainsey, not just Nick Leverett and John Mulchin. Yeah. You know, he deserves to be up there and, and have a little bit, a little bit better protection throw to the likes of more veteran experienced receivers. Mm -hmm. Not the, not the Jareth Stearns or Devin Tompkins or Kalen Geiger underperformed for him. They mm -hmm. certainly did, but why not give him Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson, right? And some of these guys that have been there and done that in this offense and have him throw to Cam Brate, right, rather than J.J. Howland. Well, and I think also give him um, an, a little bit higher caliber of protection, right? theoretically, mm -hmm. although this Titans defensive, at least the interior defensive line is extremely impressive. The, the edge rushers are pretty solid, too. Um, and, and see what he can do with half a second more in the pocket. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to circle back around to the, the offensive line for one quick second. This this was a, was your first exposure to to Bucks practice this year, mm -hmm. and 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 having said that, you, you got a, your first look at Shaq Mason, and I believe he's a better run blocker. PFF yes. grades will, will will suggest that's certainly the case. I think the film backs that up too. But in pass protection, he's a, a much shorter, lighter guy than Alex Kappa was, and Alex Kappa was not a Pro Bowl caliber player. But he certainly has held his own over the last two seasons in pass protection. He's been been quite good. Matter of fact, in the Super Bowl year in 2020, before he got hurt, he was the lone player on that offensive line that did not surrender a sack. Yep. Shaq Mason, though, in one-on-ones, got blown up a couple times. Yeah. Now, granted, did. it was by Jeffrey Simmons, <laughs> but but there were a couple of of plays where he got blown up so much it was a little startling for me yeah he's a little bit smaller uh, in terms of uh, both his height and I think his weight overall and he definitely does go forward better than he goes backwards so when Simmons was able to use his length and his lower half to really um, drive through Mason had trouble anchoring down I will say his technique was pretty good yeah. you know in terms of it was a slow walk <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it was a walk back right. it's fair to say yeah Exactly. Um, we are proud to announce that we've got a new sponsor on the Peter Report podcast. And, and this one is kind of near and dear to my heart because uh, like so many of the, the sponsors that we have, uh, this is a product that I've, I've actually used. So when I, I speak about the Florida Lanai Curtains uh, company, uh, I'm an actual customer. I've had Florida Lanai Curtains installed Back in the spring, even before Florida and I curtains have have advertised with uh, with Peter Report, so they're making their debut today on the Peter Report podcast. And folks, what a, a tremendous investment it's been for me! I absolutely love them. I've got the curtains, which are the ones that go uh, across, not the sails. Those are the ones that are kind of on, on the, the ceiling. But I love the privacy curtains. And let's face it, we live in Florida because we love the warm weather. However, the two most common complaints about spending time outside at Florida homes is the lack of privacy when homes are being built closer and closer to one another and the brutal heat of the warmer months. Lack of privacy and too much sun can drive you inside and keep you from enjoying 
your screen enclosed pool or other outdoor spaces as much as you would like. Florida Lanai Curtains solves both of these problems with privacy on demand, patented outdoor privacy curtain systems and custom made screen enclosure shade sales. Their flexible installation options and high quality products give you privacy and shade just when you need them. Privacy on demand outdoor curtains are made from the well-known Sunbrella brand of mar marine canvas backed by a 10-year fade-free warranty and available in over 100 colors. It will enhance the look and comfort of any of your outdoor spaces. Their unique shade sails are made from Sola Mesh, which has a 10-year warranty against degradation and are built to give you shade and UV protection for years to come. If you need privacy or shade and you want more freedom to enjoy your outdoor spaces, visit Florida Lanai Curtains. Their website is lanaicurtains.com to find out more about their amazing custom products and do your own hassle-free instant online estimate. Give them a call at 813-337-2511 to schedule a free in-home consultation. That's Florida Lanai Curtains at lanaicurtains.com. And I'll just add to this, it's been a tremendous investment for the Reynolds household. We've got a, a pool and a hot tub, and it's just great to pull the curtains back and have some privacy from your neighbors and also, too, sometimes to block out the sun when it's just a little too unbearable, uh, especially when the sun's setting, you get that sun right in your eyes. So it's been a great investment. They look great. And the, the fabric is, is truly remarkable because it is high-grade marine-class uh, curtains uh, made up of canvas that is weather-resistant and, uh, and, and looks great. So uh, certainly check out our new sponsor, Florida Lanai Curtains. Let's see if we have some other questions here we can get to as we wrap up this. Well, and I was thinking while you go podcast. through the, the questions, yeah. I think one other thing that, that came out of today, we alluded to it with Zion. There, there were a couple of different injuries. We talked about Tristan Wirfs. There was a third one that I don't think we've mentioned yet. And Tyler Johnson, um, he, he was doing some uh, mm -hmm. end zone drills and uh, tried to catch a pass in the back of the end zone, kind of came sliding through and uh, pulled up a little bit. And he looked like a lower, um, lower body injury, could have been an ankle. He remained on the field, remained in pads, but we did not see him again in terms of any reps. We didn't see him in the 11 on 11s. Right. So I think that's another one for us to monitor and see, A, does he play in, in the game on Saturday night? And then B, what type of timetable could it be before he returns? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And and I'm, I'm curious to see how many starters play. And that's something Todd Bowles has kind of kept a little tight-lipped on Saturday. Uh, which starters are going to play, how many of them are going to play, how long are they going to mm -hmm. play. Th this is going to be an interesting preseason game because uh, will one day's worth of rest and, and a day off give them a little bit more life? Uh, we're entering the dog days of training camp right now, Josh, and and uh, they've had four straight practices back to back to back and including a road trip here to to Tennessee and it's, it's gotten the best of them this week. So we'll see the, how resilient this Buccaneer team is come Saturday night in Tennessee. Absolutely. So um, another thing that I, I did notice today, and I've seen a couple of comments about it, Robert Hainsey, we talked about it a little bit at the, early, mm -hmm. at the top of the show, but I think it bears repeating. He has looked very good. You know, he yeah. has looked like he can step in and be, at the very least, an average NFL starting center for this team 
while you know the team still awaits to find out how long they may be out without Ryan Jensen. Yeah. Um, and that's still information that we haven't received yet. I think from a process standpoint, you're not going to see any transactions on Hainsey until um, after the the final 53 man roster because if they put him on IR, you mean Jensen? I'm sorry, Jensen. Yeah. Yeah, I apologize. Um, if they put him on IR now. Right. He's done for the season. That's right. right. Yep. If they wait, they get past the 53-man cut down. Mm -hmm. They leave him on for that and then place him on IRR. Then he can actually come back mid-season at some point if he's healthy enough to do so. Yeah. So, But I think Hainsey, he's locked down that starting center spot. I don't I think, think Leverett's going to challenge him for it, and I think that um, he should do fine on this line. Yeah. And I think that we talked about it earlier in the show. I think Lou Gedeke probably gets the start Saturday night. I think they want to see how this guy did. This was his first start. Today in practice, he's been running with the number twos all during the, the training camp period so far, but looked credible today. He mm -hmm. looked, looked like he can hold down the fort a little bit at left guard. I think they're anxious to see him uh, get some snaps and maybe with the starters against the Titans, we'll see. If, if Gedeke doesn't start on Saturday against the Titans, I have to think they give him the start maybe on um, – well, no, you know what? I, I take that back. I think he starts on Saturday. I'm going to say he's going to be yeah. the, the starter because I, you don't want him to start for Tom in that final preseason game and have a rookie mistake that ends up getting Tom Brady hurt. Right. I, I do believe Tom Brady will be back by the Colts game. He's got to – to at some point in time uh, get some reps before the the season starts uh will will he return on monday will it be later in the week we don't know yet we don't know because todd bowles did not say when tom brady will come back but i can't see tom brady unless there's just something so devastating in his personal life i can't see him missing that that uh colt's preseason game i think he's going to need it as a tune-up i think so too yeah, i really think and, and i agree with you that i do think get is going to start this week and, and personally you know just again kind of going back to the miami game this is my opportunity to you know give some takes yeah i might take earlier on terms of dean over smb and i'll say yeah from what i watch i think luke get i believe that he should be the starter at left guard based on what i've seen mm -hmm. um come week one yeah, against Dallas on September 11th. I'm going to reserve judgment until I see how he performs Fair against enough. the Titans. Fair Be enough. Because the issue has been picking up those stunts and twists with pass protection. And Dallas's, Dallas's uh, offensive line's in disarray from what we've been hearing. Their defensive line, though, certainly much improved. And anytime you have a Dan Quinn defense, look out because he's going to apply some pressure. Yep. And and that's one thing you want to do against a young offensive lineman is do those, those twists and stunts. Uh, so I, I think that, yeah. that, that that's certainly something that, that bears, uh, you know, uh, bears bears watching for yep. sure. I would say, you know, get a key early on against Miami. He did it. He did struggle in pass protection. But by the end, he was stringing together positive rep after positive rep. Um, you know, from what I saw from Nick Leverett, he had a rough game in terms of pass protection. Um, so. I, I, like I said, I think Gedeke provides the most upside, and I can see enough growth in him that I think that he would provide the best option for the team when you look at it over the course of a 17-week season, yeah. or 18-week, 17-game season. Exactly. Uh, Xi Jinping, uh, we appreciate your support. We can't agree necessarily with your communist philosophies, but we do appreciate <laughs> you tuning into the podcast, and, and I want to say thank you to the guys at Peer Report for putting on such a great podcast. You are my favorite podcast of all the Bucks podcast i look forward to so we appreciate that um for an, your people an international follower yeah i 
appreciate that very much. Speaking of followers, that's a great segue because I'm going to ask everybody to follow Pewter Report, not only on our YouTube page. You can do that by checking out Pewter Report TV on our YouTube. And we're over 9,000 subscribers. Thanks to you, Pewter people. We appreciate it. Uh, help us grow to 10,000. That's the next goal. Go to Pewter Report TV. Go to our, our YouTube page and hit the subscribe button. They say subscribe, Josh, but it's free. It's no, there's no subscription. It's absolutely free. Yep. Uh, and make sure you hit the like button, not just on this podcast, but on all of our podcasts, all of the videos that we put up on our YouTube channel. Those likes, that helps us with our, our algorithm on YouTube and gets us in front, in front of more Buccaneer fans out there to help spread the word about Pewter Report. And make sure that you go onto our website, pewterreport.com, for all the daily news. We've got about five or six stories up today, everything from Tom Brady to the injuries to the practice reports to your segment this morning about how the Bucks wide receivers fared against the Dolphins, uh, Pat O'Connor's training camp diary. So there's a lot of great, unique content that you're going to find at PeterReport.com that you're not going to find anywhere else. So we certainly ask that you uh, check out our stories, and we appreciate uh, you guys following us on social media. We're over 50,000 followers now on Twitter. The Peter Report machine just keeps rolling along, and it's all because of you, the Peter people. We love you all out there. Absolutely. And, and your support gives Pewter Report the opportunity to do things like coming up to Tennessee for joint practices. It just allows us to do more things to provide you better content. So we Absolutely. appreciate that support and, and that continued support. And speaking of Pewter Report and you Pewter people, we're going to invite you guys to join us. That's right. It's it's almost time for the Pewter Report Bowling Leagues. And where do they happen? They happen at Pin Chasers. We're going to have some, some news. We've already talked to the Don, uh, Big Don, Donovan Smith, he loves to bowl. We all know that. He's the best bowler on the Buccaneers. And we've had some tight ends come out before. Tanner Hudson, O.J. Howard, those were, were big bowlers. And uh, and now Donovan Smith, I think he's going to bring out some offensive linemen for the Pewter Report Bowling League. That happens at Pin Chasers at the Midtown location. That's right around the corner from one Buccaneer place. But you can have a bunch of fun bowling, whether it's with the Buccaneers and the Peter Report Bowling League. We'll have more information on that soon. But you can do bowling at, at Pin Chasers anytime you want. It's perfect for your own bowling leagues, birthday parties, corporate team building events, fundraisers, bowling, food, and fun. And folks, don't sleep on the food. Usually you don't think bowling alleys are going to have a great cuisine. That's wrong. Look at the salads. Look at the pizza. They've got great sandwiches. Chicken tenders, fries, everything you're looking for. They got a full bar and plenty of beer. We're trying to get Pirate Republic in there too. <laughs> but three locations to serve you for all of your bowling endeavors East Pasco and Zephyr Hills, Midtown and Tampa, and Veterans in Tampa. It's still hot out, folks, and they got air conditioning and pin chasers is the place to go for date night, birthday parties, or just anytime you want to have some fun and get out of the heat. Visit them on the web at pinchasers.net. All right, Josh, let's let's kind of wrap up this this podcast here. What are two things that you're looking for in this preseason game uh, against the Titans on Saturday night? Yeah, so I think the first one um, that I will be looking for is assuming Luke Gedeke gets the start at uh, left guard. That's definitely going to be one that I'm going to key in on. How mm -hmm. does he handle Jeffrey Simmons, Deshaun Hand, that – very strong, very uh, talented interior Titans pass rush. Uh, and then I think the second thing that I'm going to be looking for is can some of these 
defensive backs kind of take the step forward on game day that we didn't really see during the practices. Yeah, I would say for me, Todd Bowles has really been harping on being a smarter football team, being more disciplined, having the attention to detail, being more accountable, reducing the mental errors, and penalties are mental errors more often than not. And the Buccaneers only had four penalties for 34 yards. I thought they played a really clean game against the Dolphins. Sometimes that's not easy, Josh, when when you're looking at a bunch of newcomers coming in and out, playing next to each yep. other. There's so much turnover in these preseason games. The rookies are, are getting their first look. They're trying to make impressions, and they're under the lights for the first time. It can be a penalty-filled affair. We did not see that against the Dolphins. We saw a very clean game, a very disciplined team. Let's see if that continues because discipline – Penalties sometimes, you know, they're 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 almost like a, a virus that can affect a team, mm -hmm. and and they can kind of filter from one unit to the next, offense to defense, etc. Let's see if the Buccaneers can can maintain a, a clean performance and stay away from penalties team wide. I want to see that in Tennessee. The other thing too is the Buccaneers do want to run the ball a little bit more. I want to see a little bit more Rashad White running the ball and see this guy get some more carries. It's going to be tough sledding against a very good Titans defensive front that really, I think, beat the Buccaneers up front in the trenches over the, these last two days. Let's see if the Buccaneers can rise to the occasion, open some holes for the likes of Keyshawn Vaughn, for the likes of Rashad White, and maybe even Leonard Fournette if he gets a, a carry or two out there on, uh, on Saturday night. But I want to see the Buccaneers kind of try to go toe-to-toe -to -toe and, and maybe uh, turn that weakness into a strength and, and go right into the heart uh, the teeth of the Titans defense. Uh, I thought the Titans defensive front was really good this week. Let's see if the Buccaneers can make some noise and get some some yards on the ground against Tennessee on Saturday night. What I think is interesting about the two things you're going to be looking for is how they could potentially play in terms of if they're going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Titans, take it to the Titans, but still run a clean game, given that the last time these two teams were interacting with each other, <laughs> yes. fists were flying. That's right, exactly. Uh, I don't think that's going to carry over to a game. Usually you see fights in practice, and we saw a couple of, of, uh, of pushing and shoving incidences. We saw a little skirmish at the end, thanks to Leonard Fournette. Uh, left hook Lenny, fisticuffs <laughs> Lenny, whatever his new nickname is. Um, maybe we'll see Lenny out there on Saturday. It's going to be interesting to see how Todd Bowles handles this this preseason. He's only got two more games left. He's got uh, Saturday night at Tennessee and then at Indianapolis. Does he play the starters a little bit in the first quarter, maybe with Kyle Trask at quarterback, maybe with, with Luke Gedeke in that starting lineup? Um, we'll have to find out on Saturday night. But we want to thank everybody for joining us on another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Uh, I, I think this is probably the best Peter Report podcast we've done. I was very happy with this episode, I thought it was fantastic. The great news is we have a chance to top this and actually have the best episode we've ever done Saturday night following the Bucks Titans game. That's where Josh and I will be live from Nissan Stadium, giving you all of the post game coverage with our thoughts on the Bucks Titans game as they wrap up their second preseason game. So make sure you join us Saturday night. That'll be about an hour after. The, the end of the game, we have to get in the locker room, get some quotes, uh, hear from Todd Bowles, get the injury updates, et cetera. And then we'll be uh, right here on our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV. You can also watch us. We stream live on Facebook and, and Twitter as well. But you can find us always at Peter Report TV on YouTube. Make sure you, you subscribe to our YouTube page and click the, the like button on our videos. 
And we appreciate you guys tuning in for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. We will see you next Saturday for Scott Reynolds. I'm sorry. I'm Scott Reynolds. <laughs> for Josh Capo, I'm Scott Reynolds. And we'll see you Saturday night for the next edition of the Pewter Report podcast.